0: All right, all right, all right. And uh, welcome to the uh, Insert Clever and Witty Name Here podcast. I am your host, your uh, ghost host. I always wanted to say that. Matthew McConaughey. No, it is most certainly not Matthew McConaughey. I couldn't afford Matthew McConaughey. Besides, he's a little busy right now deciding if he wants to be governor of Texas or not. No, you're stuck with me. Uh, Mike, just Mike, your host of the Insert Clever and Witty Name Here podcast. Do these once a week. 45 minutes is all I ask. A little bit more than that, if you wouldn't mind, on My 97.5. Have mornings covered for you every single day of the week, Monday through Sunday. You can listen online at my975fm.com. We have our mobile apps as well, plus there's Alexa, there's Google Home Mini. We're streaming all the time, so please do check it out. Also, if you get to my975fm.com, there's some extra content there as well that you may want to check out. Speaking of Matthew McConaughey, as I was just speaking as him a moment ago, I've got something on him in just a second, which I want to get to, but... I want to apologize now before it happens so that when it happens, because I'm pretty sure it's a matter of when, not if, I can say I warned you. When this goes south this week, in the 44 minutes we have left, I'm sorry. I'm doing this whole intermittent fasting thing right now, which I haven't spent a lot of time talking about. I haven't talked about it at all here. I think I may have briefly mentioned it on my 97.5. But for 16 hours a day, I'm not eating anything. I can drink as much water as I want. I just can't have anything that has any calories whatsoever. And I'm using this app, too. Fasti is the name of it. They're not a sponsor of the podcast, so I can say whatever I want about them. Eh, it's a decent enough app. There's a ton out there, so look into your own if you want to give it a shot. I've lost about 10 pounds the week-plus I've been doing this, so not bad so far. So I'm I'm noticing some changes, which I'm liking. But when I'm fasting, it's also while I'm sleeping. That 16-hour window, I'm not supposed to consume anything. For half of that time, eight hours, I'm sleeping. Well, let's be honest, it's not exactly eight hours because there's, there's no way I'm sleeping eight hours a night in this heat. It's closer to five or six most nights of the week. So the rest of the time, it is sometimes a bit of a struggle, but then when I'm really hungry and I'm still supposed to be fasting, again, I just drink a ton of water. And it does fill me up. It's not very tasty, but it is what it is. So my fasting window closed at 8 o'clock this morning. So at 8.01, I had an entire power bar shoved in my pie hole and knocked that down. And then also had my vitamins at the same time. And then a couple hours later, had another one and then another gallon or so of water to fill me up because power bar certainly wasn't going to do it. Maybe a handful of M&Ms, which I have at the station. I've got an M&M dispenser at my cubicle. It's my way of encouraging anyone to come by, strike up a little conversation while I'm working. They grab a handful of M&Ms, and then they're gone. And when no one else is looking, I grab my own hand of M&Ms. So did that once, maybe twice (laughs) today. Again, while my fasting window was closed. And then... Picked up the kids from school, came home, and and this is why I say that we could be going south at any moment with this particular episode. I downed, and I'm guessing record time, I'm waiting for the phone call from Guinness, a Mike's Hard Lemonade. So literally, all that's pumping around in my gut right now is two power bars, a handful of M&Ms, three and a half gallons of water, give or take, and a Mike's Hard Lemonade. So, yeah, I'm feeling the effects of it. <laughs> So if this goes sideways, I'm sorry. All right, so kind of teased this whole thing on Matthew McConaughey, which I talked about earlier this morning. I have this segment every day, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and 8 o'clock hours at the bottom of the hour, so 6.30, 7.30, 8.30. I call it the dirt. Sometimes it's about local stuff. Sometimes it's about Hollywood. Well, one of the things I came across today, and this was all over the place, Yahoo specifically, and a little bit... Um, on Twitter as well, about Matthew McConaughey. And apparently this is known, I mean, this has been known for some time now, that he does not wear deodorant. There are a handful of celebrities that have come out in recent years and said when it comes to personal hygiene, they don't uh, do as much as many of us. The one that comes to mind off the top of my head, I think it was tied in with the same article about Matthew McConaughey, is Jake Gyllenhaal. And Jake Gyllenhaal has said, he does not take a shower every day. Um, yeah, here's the thing. Neither do I. And now I used to think every summer, when it gets hot enough, I would take a shower. And I did. And I still do. If I go outside and I do something, or even if I'm inside, I'm working up a sweat. Because the last thing you want is to be in clean fresh sheets, which, you know, we did laundry. Okay, by we, I mean I <laughs> did laundry this past weekend, which really isn't much. I mean, let's be honest. Laundry isn't taking your clothes down to the river and beating them out of rock. I mean, we don't do that anymore in 2021. If you do, uh, sorry, and just ignore this part of the podcast. But doing laundry is not that big a deal. You separate your darks from your lights, your colors, all that. You Put it in, take it out, put it in the dryer, take it out, divvy it up if you got a house for four like we do, and then you put your clothes away and hope everybody else does the same. Still waiting for everybody else in the house to do the same. I put mine away. If you do all that and you're working up a sweat, then yeah, you should probably take a shower. I did some light laundry yesterday, stayed inside all day, it got to 8 o'clock, I'm like, you know what, I'm not taking a shower, and I didn't take one this morning yet, I will take one tonight, because I spent some time, I take my little walks after the show every day, walking downtown Visalia, so I I can tell that I'm here right now in our spare bedroom, which is where I always put together the Insert Clever, What Do You Name Here podcast, and and working out a little bit of the sweat here on the second floor. So I will be taking a shower tonight. Fresh, clean body, fresh, clean sheets. It'll be a wonderful thing. But like Jake Gyllenhaal, I do not necessarily take a shower every day. And that may be a stinking point for some. I apologize if it is. Just keep in mind, this is not a scratch and sniff podcast. And if you start thinking you're smelling me, you're really not. You're smelling yourself. But... You've got Jake Gyllenhaal saying he doesn't shower. And Matthew McConaughey. So this was all over Yahoo this morning. So I mentioned it one of my rounds of the dirt. Matthew McConaughey has not worn deodorant in 30 years. And apparently this, again, is something that is known in Hollywood that he doesn't. It's not that he works on putting salt under his armpits either. He's going all natural. And apparently this goes back to his mom who at one point told him, men smell like men. Here's the thing with that. Some men smell like men and smell great. And I'll tell you what Matthew McConaughey smells like in just a bit because one of his co-stars from the movie Tropic Thunder dished a little dirt on what Matthew McConaughey actually smells like. So we'll hit that in just a second. But I'm sorry, some men smell like roadkill cat on a hot summer day here in the Valley, which, as you can imagine, don't smell very good. And it's not their fault. It's DNA. It's just how their scent glands are wired. So they're cursed, and apparently Matthew McConaughey is blessed. Yvette Nicole Brown, one of his co-stars from the movie Tropic Thunder, was on a podcast recently, and, and somehow, some way, the, the subject of Matthew McConaughey came up. Maybe they were talking about the fact that she was in that movie with him, and talking about the fact that he may run for governor of Texas, which he hasn't officially declared yet, I'm thinking that he probably will. He's giving all the outward signs. He's, he's doing more political stuff. He uh, has, has his own Twitter account now that he's maintaining on a fairly regular basis and has been shut down, <laughs> which... How many politicians can say that? So we'll see what happens with it. So maybe she was asked about that, but the subject of the fact that, again, it is just known in Hollywood that he does not wear deodorant, she was asked about it, and she said going into the movie, she had heard that too, so she made it a point while filming some scene with him someday to make sure she got close enough to take a big old whiff of Matthew McConaughey so, here's what she said. It's a quote from the podcast. He does not have an odor. First of all, that's what he's always said. He's always told everyone, I, I, I don't have a smell. I just, I smell like Matthew McConaughey. And apparently, that's the case. Again, from her, he does not have a smell or an odor. But then she follows it up with this. He smells, so he does have a smell, but... Apparently, it's rather pleasant. He smells like granola and good living. What exactly does good living smell like? Apparently, it's a sweet, sweet scent because that's what she follows up with. He has a sweet, sweet scent. That is just him. And it's not musty or crazy. It's a little crazy. I mean, I, again, I do the whole not showering Thing every day, and I may go even longer in the winter months when it's almost impossible to work up a sweat. But no, no, I, I I can't remember the last time I went more than 24 hours without deodorant. So even if I do offend a little bit, I'm going to cover it up as best I can. <laughs> so that was um, something I wanted to, <clears throat> to run by. Something else from this morning that I talked about because today, National Roller Coaster Day. Apparently, certain roller coasters are good for your health if you have kidney stones. So I came across this because one of the things that I do every morning at 610 is I break down what we celebrate that particular day. So today was uh, tell-a-joke day. Um, I forget what else. I'm sure there was some food involved because there's always some food involved. And then also national roller coaster day so i looked up 14 fun facts about roller coasters number five on this particular list which came from smithsonianmag.com number five riding big thunder mountain railroad at disney world could help dislodge kidney stones (laughs) really so i uh I read on. Apparently, there was this study that was done, and it was specifically with Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I don't know if they've ever tested any other roller coasters, but I would imagine if you ride any roller coaster that has the same type of bumps to it, Matterhorn at Disneyland, I would imagine, would fall in the same category. They came up with this contraption, printed on a 3D printer, of a a kidney that had fake kidney stones in it. And they doing what they know about kidneys, replicated this kidney and the stone as closely as they could. And they put someone holding this contraption on the back of the ride. Because I always say that the rear of a roller coaster is always going to be the roughest, bumpiest part of the ride. Smoothest is up front. And it just gets progressively bumpier as you go towards the back. So they put someone in the back and they had them ride Big Thunder Mountain Railroad 20 times. And sure enough, after that number of times, the kidney stones started dislodging themselves. So they kept on testing and testing, and the research they came back with, about two-thirds of the time, the kidney stone was passed more quickly by riding a bumpy roller coaster like Big Thunder Mountain Railroad than it was just on its own. So if you happen to have a kidney stone that you need to pass, I'm just saying... A Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Or again, I would imagine any roller coaster that has the bumps and the shakes to it. Can you imagine a wooden roller coaster? Ooh, there's the one at uh, Great America in Santa Clara. I forget what the name of it is. That old wooden roller coaster there. It's been years since I've been there. But if that is still there, ride that thing twice Even if you didn't think you even had a kidney stone, if you had the smallest one ever, you will pass it (laughs) if you're in the back of that thing, if there's any truth to this study. So uh, again, if you happen to have one, go ahead and and check it out. Uh, Again, I've got a ton of stuff I want to get to this week. So moving right along, speaking of Walt Disney World and Disneyland... This was something I wanted to touch on this morning. I just I ran out of time, and I've got so many things that I want to get to tomorrow, I'm not going to get to it at all. So this is a little bonus for you. Most of the time, with things that I come up with for the Insert Clever and Witty Name Here podcast, the things that either I've talked about the past couple of days, that day in particular, or things I plan on getting to this week, um, couple things that we'll get to towards the end that I've talked about previously. One, I mentioned last week with, again, another round of the dirt. This one I don't see me getting to because, again, I I just didn't get a chance to get to this, and I just don't see me getting to it any time this week. Top 10 family-friendly vacation spots in the U.S. Now, you have to think. Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, which is... The most magical place on earth. It's magical because of how it separates you from your money so quickly and so efficiently. That's where the magic lies. Or the happiest place on earth, Disneyland and California Adventure in Anaheim. You have to think that they're on the list, right? Um, To be honest, I have not gone over this list as closely as I would have liked, but let's take a look at it. So top ten. Number ten on their list Nantucket, Massachusetts. Um, Sure, the small island off the coast of Cape Cod with an average temperature of 51 degrees Fahrenheit. 51 degrees... Maybe it's because I live here in the valley, but 51 degrees does not equate to vacation hotspot, pardon the pun, as far as I'm concerned. Um, So... No, I don't see me going to Nantucket, Massachusetts any time soon. So that was number 10 on their list. Uh, number 9, Estates Park, Colorado. Now, does it give a temperature there? Um, average temperature, 37 degrees Fahrenheit. We're going in the wrong direction. Although I'm sure it's a wonderful place to be in the winter for skiing and snowboarding and all that winter-type fun stuff, but was this a list of... No, it doesn't say summer vacations, but it still is summer, so I'm still thinking about summer vacations, so I'm sorry. States Park, Colorado is not making my list, but it did make theirs at number nine. Number eight, Williamsburg, Virginia. Have you noticed I'm just looking up temperatures (laughs) so far? And again, just based on the temperature itself, not a place I'm looking at, 59.6 degrees. If you want an historic location sure that's a wonderful place to go but again not someplace to go oh, see here now we're number seven we're going back to cold again Durango Colorado average temperature 42.5 degrees that's at number seven on their list can we please get to someplace warmer all right finally finally someplace that average a little warmer temperature but not. Not as much as I would like. This is Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. So far, they love their islands on this list, which I'm guessing they're a couple big islands, if you catch my drift as we get towards number three, two, and one. Hilton Head Island of South Carolina is next on the list for being family-friendly. The tourist-friendly island has an average annual temperature of 67.4 degrees, accommodations averaging about 170 per night, Uh, Most of the attractions on the island are kid-friendly, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fine. All right, next one. Finally, one that I've actually been to and can attest to that it's at least adult-friendly. I don't know about kid-friendly. Lake Tahoe. I say adult-friendly because you've got the casinos there, especially South Lake Tahoe, the Nevada side. And you've got golf, which, okay, you don't have to be a certain age to golf, but I think old man in plaid pants when I think golf. But again, it's South Lake Tahoe. It doesn't get all that hot. 42.2 degrees is the average temperature in South Lake Tahoe. Well, Lake Tahoe is what they actually have on the list. So that's at number five. Number four is, uh, where do I have number four? Oh, here we go. So, okay, now we're warming up. Maybe a little too much. There's got to be a happy medium here somewhere. Sedona, Arizona, actually tied with Lake Tahoe. For some reason, they gave Sedona a little bit of a nod up. I have no idea why. Maybe because it's a little warmer. But and actually, theirs isn't much warmer because it's in the mountainous area of Arizona, as opposed to the desert. 55.8 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the average temperature. Just the novelty of that. So if you want a cooler spot in Arizona to check out, that apparently is family-friendly. I don't know because I've never been. Sedona, Arizona at number four, which gets us to the top three. Sanibel, Florida is at number three on the list. They uh, have an average temperature. I would imagine this is going to start heating up a little bit. Actually, not as much as I would have thought. 74.6 degrees is the average temperature there at sanibel florida not orlando and if i were to guess let me just check yeah it's the highest florida city on the site uh see the beach destination is the warmest in the top 10 rankings with an average temperature again of 74.6 degrees accommodations average about 280 per night that was part of their criteria And there's no shortage of family-friendly activities with uh, nearly a third of the destination's attractions being deemed good for kids. So in case you want to plan a big family trip next year, Sanibel, Florida, not a bad place to go. Top two are going to require airfare or a lot of canoeing. Number two on the list, Walea. I've never been, so I don't know how it's pronounced. We're just going to go with that. Hawaii. Number two on the list. Tons of family-friendly things to do. It has an average annual uh, temperature of 64.5 degrees Fahrenheit. Destination is cheaper than Sanibel, which is a little surprising. $241 per night. And a lot of the attractions considered Kid-friendly, and obviously based a lot of it going to the beach and checking out some of the wildlife there. And number one, staying in Hawaii, Waikiki. Number one family-friendly destination on their list. It's uh, located in the city of Honolulu on the island of Oahu. has an average temperature. Okay, the temperature's got me. 74.2 degrees. It's going to cost you a bit, though. Average accommodations. And We're just average middle of the road here. So what would that be? Two and a half, three stars? $295 per night. The Island District leads the pack with 83.3% of its attractions being listed as good for kids in addition to 84.2% of its restaurants being listed as kid-friendly. So uh, that's a little closer, I would think, too, than Florida as well. So if you want to plan a big family trip for next summer, maybe you've got... So, when graduating into high school or from high school to college, you want to do a big family trip. Waikiki, Hawaii, apparently, is the place to go for families. Uh, what else did I want to hit? Again, like I said, there's so much stuff I wanted to get to. Um, well, let me segue to this. I touched on this last week on my 97.5, and even threw out a name that is fingers on a chalkboard for me, but. This was on Yahoo Entertainment News last week. Jeopardy fans have joined the ranks of people who hate Joe Buck. Probably have heard by now that Jeopardy has decided on its two permanent hosts for the show. One's going to be your Monday for Friday host. The other one is whenever they have primetime specials. And apparently they're planning a lot more of those now. I'm not sure why they didn't previously when Alex Trebek was still with us, but... Be that as it may, it's what they're going to be doing from this point on. Joe Buck was the host last week, and he may very well have been the last I'm-not-going-to-be-your-regular-host host. host. And apparently quite a few Jeopardy fans have picked up on something that sports fans have for years now that for some rhyme, for some reason, they can't quite put their finger on it. They just don't like him, (laughs) which I don't get that same feeling from Joe Buck that a lot of people do. There was a time when I think he would overtalk a call with what I do for a living, doing the whole Monday through Sunday thing on my 97.5. I go back and I listen to myself and I, I, I critique myself and I listen to input from my, uh, my contemporaries as well to find out what they think. And I ask friends of mine to listen all the time and, and critique me. I don't know if sports announcers, sports broadcasters have that same mechanism where they have friends of theirs listen and say, hey, you know, it was good, but try uh, try this out or try that out. I don't know if Joe Buck has that. But I have noticed in more recent years, he does do a much better job of letting the moment speak for itself. The one who I can't stand as a play-by-play guy, I think he's great with the Olympics and the personal stories that he will get into and the behind the scenes with sports when he does that, when it comes to the nuts and bolts of the sports broadcast with play by play, I'm not a big fan of Bob Costas. I remember a couple of years ago, he was doing the play by play for MLB network, you know, Chicago Cubs game. And Javier Baez was at bat and struck out, looked bad, looked really bad on three straight pitches. Costas goes in, as most of the good play-by-play announcers do, especially with baseball, you have to have a lot of extra stuff to talk about because baseball games can be boring at times. Uh, For an average fan who is not exactly sure what they're watching and not sure of all the the nuances of the game and some of the things that take place behind the scenes and looking for all those things, and especially if you're just watching on television, you're not seeing the whole field. You're not seeing shifts as clearly. So he was again doing the play-by-play for a Cubs game, and the battle looked terrible. Javier Baez looked, looked bad on three straight pitches and was I think was talking about the jewelry that he wears and that some of it has ties to family. And when he looked terrible on the last pitch, swinging a miss on a ball that was really far outside, Bob Costa said something to the effect of trying to tie in the whole conversation, knowing they were about to go to a commercial was saying that, well, he just made his ancestors look bad or something to that effect. And I, I looked at the TV for a second. Like you, you, you didn't, just try to tie the whole ancestors' conversation and put a nice little bow on it by saying his ancestors are ashamed of him now because he swung and missed on what should have been ball one in the sequence. And then later, the next day, he actually apologized for that comment, but he has been known to do that on occasion. Joe Buck may have done things like that in the past From my recollection, he he never has, but he does have a reputation. I don't know why. Maybe it goes back to him over-talking at times years ago. But he does a decent enough job with football as well, Troy Aikman. So I don't quite get the, the hatred in some cases of Joe Buck, but be that as it may, apparently some Jeopardy fans have either caught on and have jumped on a bandwagon or not even realized there was a bandwagon started talking about how much they're not a fan of Joe Bach. So it brought up a bigger conversation this past week on My 97.5. I was just asking about any celebrities, and by celebrity I mean anyone that is known to us, And stay away from the political because you start putting D's and R's next to people's names, you can have a problem with someone just because of that fact, and they could be fingers on a chalkboard for you. So I stayed out of the realm of the political for this one and just kept it to the world of music, acting, social media celebrities as well. Is there any social media celebrity, TV celebrity, movie celebrity, what have you, that just drives you crazy? And there's really no rhyme or reason why. First name that always comes to mind for me. Hey, buddy. Pauly Shore. I don't know why, Polly. if you check this podcast out, because I'm going to tag you <laughs> in the description of this post, call me. I would love to have you on and talk about it. From what I understand, he gets it. I'm not the only one who feels this way. There is that feeling about him, and I'm, I'm mature enough to admit it's an immature reason, because I don't know what the reason is. I just can't stand it. <laughs> I mean that in the nicest way possible. I have to. He shot a movie here. Son-in-law was shot. I don't know how much of it was shot here, but at least portions of it were shot here in the South Valley, Kings and Tulare counties. So how many actors have brought a movie? to the valley, and put people to work here. Now, granted, it was before I got here, and I'm sure he had nothing to do with the decision to bring the movie here, be that as it may, he was in a movie that was shot here, so I should give him some credit. I still can't. I don't know why. But I, i know I i have not sat through a Pauly Shore movie. Um, closest I came is, I didn't know he was in it, but I, at the time, especially when the mummy came out, was a huge fan of Brendan Fraser. Really like him as an actor. Uh, not sure why he fell off the face of the earth. I, from what I hear, he's making a bit of a comeback now, which I'm very happy to hear. But I heard he was an Encino man. Uh, slapstick comedy, which I'm not a big fan of those types of comedies to begin with. But I'm like, oh, I'll check it out. And then I saw Polly Shore, and I, oh, okay. Let's see how much of this movie I can stomach. And started watching, and I—I uh, I don't think I got 15 minutes into the movie. The, the first time Paulie Shore did the whole finger waving thing, I—that's I, I, it. I, I was done. And then I haven't seen *Son-in-Law*. Obviously, I haven't seen *Bio-Dome*. Sorry, *Dome*. Ever, but um, see, see, that's mine. So I threw this out, and if you want to respond to this, um, I would love to find out from you what you think. You can respond uh, by emailing me, mikepesto at me.com. You can use that email address for anything, things that you like about the podcast, things that you don't like about it. Maybe I'm one of those people that you can't stand and you don't know why. (laughs) I can handle it if that's the case. But if there's someone that you want to weigh in with as far as fingers on a chalkboard for you, When I mentioned it last week, I threw the post up on the station's Facebook page. Jim Carrey came up with quite a few people. I don't get the same takeaway from Jim Carrey, but I do get why some would feel that way about him. And I'm wondering for anyone who does feel that way about him, have you seen the Truman Show? I thought he was incredibly, phenomenally excellent in the Truman Show. Is it Man in the Moon, where he played Andy Kaufman? I think that was the name of the movie. But that movie is great. Also, and I forget the name of it, but it's basically a behind-the-scenes making of Man in the Moon where Jim Carrey talks about, at one point, because to this day, and I don't know if this is an act or not, but he swears he was not in that movie. He at some point was taking a walk on the beach as he was still deciding if he was going to make the movie or not because they did cast him. He was the one they had in mind for it. And I was thinking about it, thinking about it, and the way he tells the story and, and talked about it in the documentary, that Andy Kaufman kind of came upon him and, and took over him and basically told him, you take the next few months off, I got this. And he became... Andy Kaufman on and offset and pulled some of the same crap that Andy Kaufman did pull and would have pulled if he was in a movie like this and showing up late and having other of his characters that he did show up in his place and it it drove the director nuts. And I would imagine basically everyone on set as well. And then once it was done Jim Carrey returned and Andy Kaufman went away. And to this day, again, Jim Carrey swears that was not him in the movie. It was Andy. And you watch that documentary, and it's kind of hard to argue with that. But I can get why some would say Jim Carrey. So whoever it is for you, if you want to let me know, again, with that email, MikePesto at M-E dot com, I would love to get your feedback on that. As, again, Jeopardy fans are learning why they hate Joe Buck. All right, before I get to the last thing, I do want to thank my new friends at the Creative Center once again for inviting me to their Summer Film Fest at the old Ice House Theater location. I still don't know, and if anyone knows this, you can email me, mikepesto at me.com. If regular community theater is going to return to the Ice House Theater or is, is it just the Creative Center now and it's going to be their performances from this point on and the Ice House Theater group is going to be looking for Another venue, I, I have no idea. i had been wanting to do, uh, or at least audition for something with Ice House Theater for the longest time, and then COVID happened, and they shut their doors, and I'd heard that the building and everything was on the, the auction block, and maybe the Creative Center bought it. And That, that I don't know. If anyone knows, again, MikePesto at ME.com, but I was invited to the Creative Center's big summer film fest at that location a couple weekends ago. And attended, had a great time, and again, want to thank Tim and Elijah and Rosalinda and everyone who was there and just opened up their doors and their hearts to my family and I, and also for the letter that they sent with that invitation, expressing their, um, their love for me and my family with the passing of my dad a few weeks back now. So I just wanted to thank them again for that invite and their expressions toward me and my family. So wanted to wrap with this. I am um, nowhere close to retirement age. And maybe in saying that, you know exactly where I'm going with this. I have not opened this yet. I've been sitting on this for a few weeks now. Got this in the mail, and I posted this on my socials when I got it. Card closed. Please do not bend. Notification of member benefits. You do know where this is going, don't you? Has my name on it, address, everything spelled correctly that I can tell I had to hold it back a little bit because, well, my vision as things get closer is getting worse, but I can clearly make out the letters A-A-R-P. I'm not that old yet. (laughs) I mean, I will be at retirement age at some point, but... I posted, again, just the outside of this envelope, or envelope if you prefer, and it amazed me how many people chimed in and said, oh, no, you got to look into it. Their benefits are phenomenal. So, again, I haven't opened this yet, but uh, here we go. Let's let's rip into it and actually see, although I should grab my readers. (laughs) You know what? If this is truly from AARP, everything should be in a 27 font. Seriously, right? All right? So there's an envelope here, or again an envelope, so you can send back your uh, your funds to them if you uh, you want, right? So let's see how much of this I can actually read without the use of my readers, which are all the way down in the kitchen. Your free three-piece organizer set makes packing and unpacking a breeze. So apparently, you get a little goodie just for becoming a member. Three different sizes to maximize space and easy organization in your backpack. Luggage or duffel. Durable, water-resistant nylon material with a handy zippered mesh top. Ooh, perfect for the senior on the run. Yeah, join AARP and receive your free three-piece organizer set. They don't even call it luggage anymore. It's like, I forget which company has it, but frozen dairy dessert. When for legal purposes, you can't call it ice cream. Apparently that's the same case here. It's a three-piece organizer set because legally they can't call it luggage. Return this form with a check or money order payable to AARP. Do not send cash. Uh, Let's see. What is membership now? $12. Is it a month? No. Hold on a second now. One-year membership, 12 bucks. If you prefer a longer term, check below and endorse appropriate amount. Three years, $30. Five years, $45. Wait a second. So I may be changing my mind about this. Okay, so what you get, 12-month membership for both you and your... Okay, so it's for my wife and I both living in the same household. Savings on medications for you and your family, plus up to 30% off... 30% off eyewear. I can buy more readers. A proven advocate for protecting Social Security, Medicare, and affordable health care. Well, again, I'm not there yet, but that's stuff that's important to me. Discounts on dining, groceries, meal delivery services, travel plans. Hold on. And there's like five or six other things here. Access to dental, vision, life, and home insurance. Um. All right. I know I kind of poo-pooed this, but um, all right. So this is also with this a, uh, a little note from Joanne Jenkins. She's the CEO. Dear Michael, welcome to the f- f- club. <laughs> Had to edit myself. I celebrate your being in the club with executive discounts, From AARP, that will help you feel great, save money, and have fun. For only $12, you get 12 months of AARP benefits for yourself and a family member. AARP's trustworthy information and resources can help you protect your health, your family, and your career. Plus, you'll save money on groceries, cell cell phone service, prescriptions, eyeglasses, and more. Once you join, you will receive your membership kit with your new card, as well as your complete details, and how to take advantage of your member benefits. Sincerely, blah blah blah. blah. P.S. Join online at aarp.org/join or return the form, blah, blah blah, and get your free three-piece organizer set. See, you may be thinking, okay, he he, he planned this whole thing. He knew what was actually in there. I didn't. I've never opened one of these. I've gotten these before, but when I've gotten them, they've gone right into the recycle can. I I don't even bother. This is the first time I've actually opened one. So, and the only reason I opened it is, again, because when I posted the picture on Instagram and Facebook last week, I was amazed because I did it as a joke. I did it as a uh, AARP. I'm not in your party yet, so don't invite me because I shouldn't be welcome at this point. And I was amazed by how many people jumped in and said, no, no, seriously. Come on come on in. Bring your walker. The water's fine. And, um, yeah, so I was ready to shoot this thing, the kingdom coming back. And now I'm looking at it and looking at the merits of it. And you throw in that three-piece organizer set, which, again, legally they can't call it luggage. And uh, I'm thinking... <laughs> <laughs> I may actually want to give this a shot. Now, one of the things it said on the outside of the envelope, or envelope, card enclosed. Oh, okay. When it said card enclosed, I thought it was they were giving me like a temporary membership card. They actually with a little hot glue or plastic, however they did it, they adhered a card to the letter, to the invitation itself. Welcome to the club free three-piece organizer set with membership, and then it describes that set again. It's blank on the backside, so what a waste. Basically, you just repeated information. But again, you get to a certain age, you appreciate when information is repeated because you didn't get it the first two or three times. And I am there. (laughs) I Ask my kids. I am there. So um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Honestly, I'm looking at that, uh, the five-year plan for only 45 bucks, 45 bucks for the entire year. I would imagine over the course of five years that being a member could save me $45. I would think so. So um, I don't know. I'll talk about it with my wife and uh, I'm sure she hasn't gotten any of these yet. So this is all on me. But again, she gets the benefit of it. I know the two, she makes more money than I do, so this will come out of her windfall (laughs) as opposed to mine. But um, again, I would have loved nothing more because they're not a sponsor of the podcast, so I can just be honest with you about them. I was going to just have fun with this and do the whole crinkle it up and throw it away thing like I do with some of the stories that I do. I've done it a few times with the stories I've done today. But now that I'm looking at the benefits and everything else involved, I'm starting to think that maybe, yeah, Well, again, I'm not officially in the party yet. I'll crash. Hey, for only $45 for five years, again, looking at some of the things, the eyewear and the groceries and the dining and the cell phone discounts and and everything else that is a part of this. And worse comes to worse, if I don't save as much as I thought, it's only going to set me back $45 for five years' worth of AARP membership, and I don't have to carry it in my wallet in a spot where it's going to be found readily (laughs) by anyone. And I won't be bragging about it um, because, again, there's a little bit of a stigma for turning a certain age. But again, I'm willing to buffer that with some of these benefits. So, I will not be doing the whole crinkle it up and throw it away thing with either the invitation, the... uh, The card or the handy dandy envelope, although I'll do it online because I'm not that much of a senior yet. I'm not the senior now that you can't trust the Internet for anything. They lost my teeth once. No, I'm not that guy again yet. I may be at some point, so I don't need the envelope because I'll just go online and do everything if I do it. So maybe I'll have an update on that for you next week. And it just goes to show. Every once in a while, you go into something thinking you're going to blast it full of holes, you read everything that there is involved with it, and you realize, well, wait a second, this may be a good idea after all. If I could turn this into a bigger point for just a moment, and I promise this will be the extent of my soapbox preaching this week, maybe... Think about the vaccine in the same way. I know there are opinions out there. Everyone has them. You came across a clever meme and you thought, well, maybe there's some fact on there. Well, maybe it's just BS. If you're thinking about getting vaccinated, look at the numbers here in Kings and Tulare counties. They are going through the roof again because of the Delta variant. I will never try to convince you to get vaccinated. No one who doesn't know your medical history should ever tell you to get vaccinated. I don't care who they are. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, friend of yours, doesn't matter. The only person you should listen to is the same person you've listened to for every other bit of medical advice that you've taken throughout your entire life, or at least up until now. Talk to your OBGYN. Talk to your primary care physician. If there is a nurse or a doctor in your family, ask them. If they tell you not to get it because of whatever reason, based on the science as they understand it and based on your medical history, don't get it. But if they say to get it, don't look for reasons not to. Just get it. Protect yourself, protect your family, protect loved ones, protect people you'll never meet. Be safe, be well. And we'll do this again next week.